swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, five stars, all of that. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. And you can go on the, the Twitter. Go on the Twitter and look for my control issues. That is the handle. So handle that. AMC, how you living? Living well. Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Thanksgiving week, if anything. It's it's been everything that um, I'd hoped it would be, except for the fact that I got sick as fuck, as I mentioned to you. Yeah. I was um yeah, had a sore throat, runny nose, congestion, all the good stuff. Good thing though is it passed within maybe like three days. So it, it didn't take up the entire week. I did miss the family Thanksgiving. I put in a special request for, you know, leftovers. I, I, I did pick up my leftovers shortly after enjoyed that. Uh, and then just consumed a lot of content. It was absolutely awesome. Play, play some video games, watched, uh, watch Shang-Chi as I'm yes. now going to say, I, I used to call it Shang-Chi. Now it's Shang-Chi. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, Enjoyed the shit out of that. That movie is great. Marvel is, you know, picking up right where they left off. But, you know, I, there's a there's a little... They're now getting to this space where they're starting to bring out, you know, some of the... Uh, I'm not going to say B-tier, but just the lesser-known heroes of the Marvel Universe as they're transitioning from, you know, the mainstays, the Iron Mans, the Captain Americas, and people along those lines. And it was curious to see how that progression was going to... Yeah, like how it was going to take and so far so good I'm, I'm really enjoying these new characters that they're adding um can't wait to watch hawkeye to see you know this new black widow <laughs> uh replacement i guess is as as we'll call it um so yeah they got a lot going on that's great also watched a little bit of the michael chase special there i watched uh what was it eight bit eight bit christmas that was that was absolutely amazing. So I'm I'm getting a little bit of everything going on right now. A dub also got a new TV, so enjoying that. Took advantage of a Black Friday sale at Best Buy. They delivered that shit, dropped it off right at the doorstep. Right at the door. <laughs> Set that up immediately. Gave away my old TV to the neighbor. It was and then just you know enjoyed all the uh, the benefits of having a smart TV now. So I'm I'm slowly stepping into what is current <laughs> when it comes to you know that technology but hey dub how's how's your week been not too bad short work week as most people would also enjoy thanksgiving at my mom's place got to see my family hang out with my brother a little bit got some good food 
got some talking in, took a plate over to my aunt. Unfortunately, she was in the hospital, had a, had a little infection, getting that taken care of. So took her some food, hung out with her for most of the night, just talking to her, hadn't seen her in a bit, catching up, sharing, <laughs> being thankful. And then, yeah, man, went out with the homie Franklin Grimes on Friday. That turned into way more than I was ready for. Ended up getting home at 10 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> and then went to a Friendsgiving. So that was cool. See my coworker. Uh, went out to a bar, did my normal bar thing, just sitting at the sitting at the bar itself, being the bait, letting them come to me, and they came. <laughs> getting better at it. And yeah, and then now I'm just sitting here thinking about getting some ramen later. Yeah, yeah, man, just living my life. Nothing special, nothing different. Just continuing to make good decisions, practice good habits. You know how it is. All right. Well, you know, talking about making good decisions. I know you've been making good life decisions, but you still got to mix in some of that entertainment. So what you've been playing, A-Dub? Well, you know, it's it's interesting, man. I'm finding my favorites of this gin so far and just I constantly go back and forth between Forza Horizon 5 and Returnal. I can't keep myself away from Returnal for too long. The gameplay is way too solid. Those visuals are way too outstanding. Just that sci-fi goodness and richness is what I've been looking for. That challenge is what keeps calling me back. Like, I could, let me get in this level. Let me try to unlock another weapon trait. Let me see if I can find a little bit more of this story. Let me see if I can inch a little closer to this platinum. So I just keep working on it. I find myself really enamored with Biome number four, as well as Biome five, you know, is one's a lush kind of alien jungle forest kind of thing. And the other one is just a, a pure white snow covered landscape, with old alien ruins. So I very much enjoy that. And like I said, the gameplay is top notch. The visuals outstanding. It's just something that gives me everything that I'm looking for in one place whenever I need it. And then Forza Horizon 5, I'm constantly working on the seasonal content, uh, continuing to run up against a hard cap on what I'm able to achieve insofar as the points that are offered for offline versus online functions. I do not have Xbox Live. So there's only so many seasonal points that I can achieve every week. And that prevents me from getting like the, there are two cars that are rewards in a given season. I can get the first one, no problem. But the second one, I'm always exactly one point short. So that's a bit frustrating. Uh, this, the season last week, I was lucky enough that I got the second car on a wheel spin. But uh, yeah, this this season, I don't really want the second car and it's not a big deal, but just always hitting that one point cap is fucking me up. However, the season is dope. It gets you to use different kinds of vehicles. It gets you to try different kinds of things. Uh, there was there was a lot of stuff going on with uh, I had to do some Porsche stuff. So I already had the Porsche in question. So all I had to do was get in and drive it. Boom, chapter complete. Drive it for 15 miles. Boom, chapter complete. Take a picture of it. Boom, chapter complete. And then I forget. Oh, I think I had to get uh, nine or 12 total points in speed traps. So took it back home. Just 
kitted the doors off of that thing and just put every possible upgrade into it. It, it was it was nuts. And yeah, just found my speed trap running back and forth, three stars at a time, knocked that out, boom, give me my points. Um, I been I've been getting better at building up my skill chains and getting my skill multiplier. So I'm getting a lot more skill points every time I'm playing the game and then I'm using those on my cars to get wheel spins and super wheel spins. I I got the two best Paganis. So that was dope. Those are awesome cars. I got the AMG, the Mercedes AMG one, which is like the title car for the game. Uh, it's, it's also one of the seasonal rewards. So now I don't have to worry about getting points in order to get that and being able to get the points for the second seasonal car reward that was never going to happen. So I'm not, I'm not too broken up about that. So, you know, just enjoying Forza. I believe it's, uh, I believe it's autumn. So it's usually a little rainy, a lot of windy, it's just an outstanding game. I know we uh, we watched some streams before we got into the show today, so you got to check out what I was working on, seeing the kind of work and repetition necessary in order to achieve some of these goals, beat some of these races. You saw the the creation of my off road Porsche Porsche Macan, <laughs> the truck. Yeah, man, it's outstanding. So I'm having a great time. But AMC, what have you been playing? I have been putting work into Eastward. That is one thing I love about this uh, holiday week is all that extra time in the game. So yeah, with that new TV, I couldn't wait to finally see see how games would look on it. And the first game I put on it is a retro looking game, but still looked absolutely awesome. Love the bigger screen. And yeah, uh, last week we're, I pretty much just started Eastward. I only put in about an hour so. Wasn't really much to say about the game other than I could say the game was charming as fuck, but couldn't really get into detail. Not having putting multiple hours in this game. Um, yeah, I would still say the biggest selling point in this game is its charm. That one, just the uh, the look, the art style, the music, all of that, that everything that adds to the, we'll just say the atmosphere, the tone of the game, it's all right there and it's perfect if, if that's what you're looking for. The um the dialogue, the, I guess the writing in the game is very engaging and very fun. Uh, gives a lot of life to the NPCs around the world. And even with the lack of dialogue with the silent protagonist, the main character, John, like his, he's a character that you just immediately you're rooting for. And he just looks like some just, you know, just bummy dude. He has like a huge, he wears this like dirty vest, has a, his hair is just all grown out. His beard is just all over the place. And yet you just know that this guy is just all heart and just wants everything, just, just wants the world for Sam, which is the, um, the, the little, the little girl companion that's, that's rolling with you, the psychic um, and her abilities. And the game just has a little bit of everything, just, face value look at it and it just looks like you know just a throwback top down action adventure style of game but then as you're playing it it just has so much appeal there's a lot to it and to the point where there's a game within the game and it's a straight up video game dub it is is in fact it is a roguelike it is called what yeah it's called earthborn <laughs> it's a uh, the first thing they one of the things the first things they introduce you to when the when you meet sam and she has these friends in this town and they're all playing this game earthborn and they're all like oh you gotta play it and they, they throw you in it and you immediately fight the final boss and i didn't really understand what the hell was going on with this game i just knew that it was like you know a game within the game 
and it's uh first of all the aesthetic of it it, it looks just like a straight up uh like a game boy game like the the og game boy black and white yeah. <laughs> uh, green green and black <laughs> yeah exactly and the 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 way the game works is that you, there's this uh demon king and he's summoning his powers and you have seven days to beat him and every time you know every it's like one of those things like the you know the og fallout games where every time you take a step time passes uh-huh. and so all your actions as you're moving throughout the world um you're losing time and then once you hit the seven days then you have to go and fight the demon king with whatever you've amassed by that point yes and um so at this i've only done one run because i I quickly realized like okay this is it's one of those things that the more i play the actual game of eastward it's going to benefit me for um this earthborn game within uh within eastward and the way that works is um so as you're playing through Earthborn, <laughs> you uh, you meet companions, and so the farther you get into it, you'll unlock companions. They all have their own special abilities. You even have an option to swap them in and out of combat within the combat, and so it's important. The more people you have, then just the more options you have to adapt on the fly. Um, and that's pretty much the only progress that carries over with each run. So after the seven days, whatever characters you unlocked, when you start up the second run, you'll have that character available at the very beginning of the run, which will obviously help you to get further. Also, as you hit certain checkpoints within the run, you can then skip to those checkpoints on your like later, uh, like on the next run. So there's, there are ways to move through the map faster. And I guess to, to get to all the better items and things along those ways, things on those lines. Um, And the way that the actual world of Eastward plays into the earthborn game within eastward is that you get these tokens as you like you know as you're searching crates and things on those lines and as you get the tokens you can use them to purchase i guess amiibos which are then um which are then uh i guess additional content that you can add into earthborn so that when you run you automatically have you know health points or power ups and things along those lines so um all those things contribute to your runs and this is just a game within the game so i spent like maybe two hours of this weekend just playing earthborn because it is absolutely the shit but once i realized like oh i'm gonna need those uh those amiibos we'll say um to uh to to benefit my runs then i realized like, okay i'm just gonna play more of eastward stack up a bunch of tokens buy those power-ups and then i'm gonna jump into earthborn and see if i can beat that and see if there's any benefits to that but yeah that's just one thing that you know on face value if you were to just watch a trailer of eastward you would not know about earthborn so yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of awesome it's a i'm sure it's a thing within that community that people are going to be like earthborn wavy we need another we need like a spinoff like eastward game that's just this game <laughs> so I, I love that the that the developers put in the time to just throw this in there as just a fun thing to do on the side um there's a there's definitely like a love uh a fanfare uh for you know just that retro style of gaming and they wanted to do everything possible to you know to just showcase their their love of the those style of games and they've done a really good job of it and yeah i'm i'm truly enjoying it i'm in the second chapter uh of the game uh and you know just coming across new characters love interest things along those lines and so i i can't wait to play more of it and only have positive things to say about a game that i believe was like an 80 on metacritic and i feel like is already contending for 
one of my favorite games that I've played <laughs> in a long, Damn. long time. Damn. Yeah, it's absolutely That's awesome. That's what but, we're talking about. But A-Dub, let's get into these topics of the week. Topics of the week. As customer A-Dub, you want to lead off with what F stories you like to get into? Kind of a light week, you know, Thanksgiving, a lot of, not a lot of news. People aren't going to be dropping a ton of stuff. If anything, a lot of a lot of shows just cover all the all the Black Friday deals and craziness that goes on with like, you know, picking up video games. But what news were you able to glean, A-Dub? Glean? What news was I able to glean? Where we got a mysterious post from the Housemark Twitter. Uh some people seem to believe this might be suggestive of possible DLC for Returnal. Who knows? So what we got was a still image. It's showing clearly some in-game assets for Returnal. It's zoomed in on this very odd-looking stone structure. Uh, Housemark says Atropos, which is the... <laughs> it, it's a question. That's why I give you that upward inflection. But yeah, it it's phrased as a question and atropos is the world in which you play through in returnal it also says hashtag returnal so that should be a dead giveaway mm -hmm. yeah but nobody really knows what this means but you know the game awards are right around the corner maybe we have another announcement following the release of the suspend feature along with photo mode that'll keep people coming back for more amc uh have you seen this do you, do you have any speculation does it pique your interest yeah i did see this uh looks pretty cool i don't know much about the game so i have no idea what they could possibly add so i really have no speculation i mean just adding in that the suspend feature was a big deal i doubt that they're teasing you know difficulty options <laughs> yeah. so the, the assumption obviously is like some some new content um, but other than that, couldn't say more as, you know, as the resident expert, the person who's actually experienced Returnal, what, what would you, what would you take from this? Oh, well, there's hardly anything to take from this. I mean, them asking a question, asking the question of Atropos while showing an image, that makes me think that, hey, perhaps they could be adding a new biome to the game and you're still on a tropos or maybe it's phrased as a question because if they did add a new biome or anything maybe it's on a different planet so that could also be an issue ideally as someone who played and enjoyed that living hell out of this game i would love to see a new biome i would love to see like a new weapon or two new enemies a new boss uh new a handful of new items, maybe a new parasite or two, just like another, an extra slice of Returnal in every respect, a, a whole new aspect of the game in order for us to enjoy, maybe give us some more, some more outfits for Celine to wear. I think we have three pre-order costumes. So, you know, give one more, give us, give us another one, <laughs> give us something. I mean, just more Returnal, the better. I'm never going to turn down more of eternal so hopefully something comes from this it would be extremely awesome if whatever is announced gets that available now <laughs> following following it because i will immediately drop everything i'm doing to fire up my ps5 download it and experience what else housemark could possibly be doing for us uh yeah man i i wish i could glean more information believe me i've been staring at this still image for days just trying to 
just trying to draw any kind of detail out of it that might give me some additional bit of just inference or information. I mean, it's a really high quality textured stone that they're showing here. And now that I'm looking at it a little closer, it does look like a, it looks like a statue, the head of one, and it has horns coming out of it. It looks very similar to the enemies that just wreck your shit with their, their giant blades hopping around and teleporting. So who knows? I'm looking forward to it no matter what it is. Hopefully we get something at the Game Awards. Let's get into these next topics of the week. Top topic of the week. Yes, um, we have an update for Halo Infinite. Uh, their, their multiplayer A-dub. Mm-hmm. People are upset with uh, cheating, apparently. <laughs> so the cheaters are making their way in. This is obviously a beta. This is not the full version of what we can expect from the multiplayer. And because of that, people are taking advantage of that. And the, the, big, the big takeaway here, this is an article on Games Radar. People want to be able to opt out of crossplay. Oh, <laughs> yeah! I remember it's, it's anti-consumer to not have crossplay. Why don't they just let us all play together? Exactly. Play on yeah. the console of our choice. Exactly. Yeah. So as of right now, it's a beta, so we don't have the option to opt out of crossplay. Um, videos have been surfacing of, I guess, people using wall hacks and aim bots, as you can expect in any type of online shooter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And so this is taken straight from the article. The problem is that there currently is no way for console players to avoid PC ones. And you know, obviously the majority of them cheats are coming from the PC players. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there aren't, you know, console cheaters out there. And while it's absolutely true that not every PC player cheats and not every console player doesn't because of the lack of options right now, Halo fans can only make the choice to match make with players using a controller rather than a keyboard and mouse. So, um, yeah, you can choose controller, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to go against a, play- a PC player who has opted to cheat with a controller in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I bring up this story, A-Dub, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Like, the, like as you mentioned with Returnal, and we'll get into, um, you know, we'll get into some of this in later yeah. articles. It seems like whenever yeah. there's... A- <laughs> Whenever there's an issue with a game, a lot of the... And you can even look at the article, like the way that this article is... Um, you know, as it's set up is it's always any issue is always put on the developer. And so like you look at this cheating, like it's it's never about like why are people cheating? It is ruining everybody's experience online, blah, 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 blah. It's the developer, you need to fix this. If a game like Returnal, people said, Oh, it's too tough. The developer, you need to fix this. Like there's never really any, you know, it's never, never the player's fault. Yeah, or there's just yeah, there's never any yeah importance. Like it's never responsibility is ever put on the player at all. It's always put on the developer. Um, and so yeah, that that was why I thought this article normally an article I wouldn't really care about, but I thought it was kind of funny, especially based on what we're going to be discussing later. Um, that yeah, people are trying to opt out of. You know, this is such a big deal. People always want to crossplay. They want the more people, the better. As you mentioned, it's anti-consumer. If you're cutting off people from being able to play with each other, and yeah. yet, like the moment that problems start to come up, people are trying to cut off <laughs> you yeah. know, who they can play a game with. And so, yeah, it's kind of funny. But yeah, how do you, how do you, what do you think about this? So, you know. Well, it even goes to a deeper level where 
look at Returnal and the save scumming thing, people are the the constant refrain, why do you care how how people play their single player games? They they paid their money, let them play the game any way they want. But then you go to the multiplayer space and the online space and then people start cheating and doing things like, oh, it, it's ruining my time. They need to stop. It's like, okay, you can't have it both ways. You can't encourage cheating when it doesn't affect you and then be be completely angered with it and want it cut off and, you know, people punished when it does affect you. Like you either support cheating or you don't. And if you don't, then you can't have it in single player or multiplayer. You can't just be like, I don't care how other people play their games because eventually it's going to find its way to you. People aren't just playing one game. People are playing all the games. So yeah, if you don't care how people are playing their single player games, then you're very much implying that you don't care how they're playing their multiplayer games either, because that's going to find you one way or another. Mm -hmm. So it's, and insofar as the crossplay thing, like, yeah, man, it's as, as we've been stating before, like to go to your point where it's always on the developer, people have been begging for crossplay for a long time now, really putting pressure on developers to, to support it, putting pressure on Sony and Microsoft. I believe Microsoft was all about crossplay. Sony wasn't about it this time around. And, you know, people threw a bitch fit about it. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to play on Sony consoles anymore. And PS5, high-selling console at this point <laughs> in time, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, then as soon as we get into a situation where crossplay and cheaters pop up, like I said, nobody wants it anymore. They want to cut it off. And they definitely should be able to implement some kind of opt-out situation where people can opt out of playing with PC players, but then that's your only crossplay environment. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you want crossplay, but when you get it, you realize why there wasn't crossplay. <laughs> now you don't want it. So yeah, it's it's always something with the gaming community to this degree. It's the people in charge who have the risk and the rights of ownership, the ones who will live and die by their decisions. They try to make the best choices that they can before these things fall into people's hands. But then People always have their bright ideas until they see exactly what it is that the decision makers are trying to avoid the whole time. So at some point, we're going to have to start trusting the people who make these products. They're making them in very specific ways for very specific reasons. So if you can't see it, ask questions. If you don't like the answers, play something else. Quit trying to get stuff changed because you're just ruining it for everybody. All right, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. What you got it, Dave? I'm not going to get right into it. I'll go, I'll go with a smaller one. A smaller one, but a biggie. Uh, Kojima Productions has opened a division to release movies, TV, and music. But here's the kicker, AMC. Those new offices are going to be in L.A. They're going to be out here with your boys. We're going to have Koji. We're going to have Koji dog killing it. The home of the Game Awards? The home of the Game Awards. <laughs> Jeff Keighley on the board of directors. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, the blurb says, uh, the team, as its charter, 
has as its charter the goal of expanding the reach and awareness of the properties now under development in Kojima Productions and to make them even more a part of our popular culture. Although we are a global organization and new business development team, the new business development team will be centered in Los Angeles, California. We are truly excited and looking forward to working with the very best entertainment talent we can across all of the entertainment industries. So Kojima Productions was set up by Kojima back in 2015 once he left Konami. We got Death Stranding out of that as well as the director's cut. Since the release of that, there's been a lot of rumors about what he's working on. I've heard three games from Microsoft. That never materialized. I heard another PlayStation exclusive. He hasn't said much anything about that. There's rumors about him being involved with Abandoned, the game that is supposedly supposed to be the next Silent Hill. I think it's all Kojima, and I think it's Silent Hill, but, you know, we don't like to deal with rumors here at Control Issues, so we'll see if anything pans out from there. But uh, it was, he stated back two years ago that at some point he was going to start doing movies and open a movie studio, and here we are. So this is dope. It's awesome that he's doing it in L.A., maybe our paths will cross. Maybe a dub will be able to get his foot in the door, get get under the tutelage of Koji Masama himself, AMC. How do you feel about this news? I think it's absolutely awesome. I think it's uh, a guy who's whose dream is all it's all coming together according to plan if you if, if you were to, if you were more evil than genius. Um, yeah, it's it's great. Ever since he he left, you know. Ever since he left Konami or, or got pushed out of Konami, <laughs> depends on how you look at that situation. Um, you know, especially during the down years, we'll say the quiet years until we learn Kojima's next move. It seemed like this was a big, like a big failure on his part uh, because he, you know, he lost the place that, you know, put him on the map. And what it's now looking like and was clearly seemed to be the case is that if anything, they were clipping his wings and, you know, they were trying to keep him as, you know, the Metal Gear dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, even though, I mean, he was working on, you know, the next Silent Hill thing, but clearly that didn't come in, the, that that didn't actually end up getting made. All we got was the most popular demo of all time out of that. Yep. And then shortly after that, he was pushed out. So the man clearly had plans and Konami was like, Hey, we need you to stay within this box. And he was like, nah, son. And then the man got pushed out. And ever since then, we've gotten, yeah, Death Stranding. Uh, we got, yeah, we also now we see that he's starting his own production crew. And yeah, so clearly he's gonna get something going. I know there's a lot of speculation. Uh, maybe we'll we'll see something Death Stranding now pop up. We are we already got Metal Gear in the works, but I'm not sure how attached he is to that since that's you know, a Konami, a Konami type, uh, product. Um, so now he can actually, you know, do his thing. And so we'll see what that is. It'll be interesting to see, because knowing Kojima, he could just straight up just, you know, do a show or whatever. That's what people think, obviously, mm-hmm. music, things along those lines. But knowing him, he likes to tie everything together. So I can see something really cool happening, you know, possibly like video game connecting to a show or a movie, things along those lines. Um, something that we saw maybe with, uh, damn, it's been a minute, but that that one game that Microsoft put out where there was like half movie, half video game. Like Quantum I could break. see. Yeah, Quantum Break. I could see Kojima not doing something like that, but something along those lines where, because he's all about, you know, 
painting a big picture and not contained solely to, you know, just his games. He does it through social media. And now that he has his hands in music and film, like he could now tie all of that together. So I could see him doing some, you know, just some out there artistic shit, <laughs> as you could say, um, when it comes to using all the mediums and bringing them together. And so I think it's absolutely awesome. And I can't wait to see, you know, the fruits of that labor. And, and we also, and it makes sense too. He's out, it's out in LA. We have the Sony lot out here. And so mm-hmm. uh, if he's tying all that together with possibly a Sony video game on top of that, with um, what he plans to do with his, you know, film and production, uh, yeah, it, it could be some really big things. And so I think it's just him gathering assets in order to do the next big thing. And man, um, the only worry would be maybe a person doing too much, but. I think a guy like him, he seems to be very focused. And so he's one person that I wouldn't be worried about maybe having his hands in, you know, too many situations. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's going to show an entire world how to do this shit. So you, from your from your side, do you think he's he works on something new completely with what he has? Or do you think it's, you know, building on Death Stranding, his first, you know, his first project? Well, they they say that they're doing this in order to help spread awareness and visibility for products that are being worked on in Kojima production. So, so far, the only thing is, is Death Stranding. However, I'm pretty sure that they have their next game in the works. So I wouldn't doubt if they work on some kind of companion piece to go along with that in order to, again, spread awareness and let people know like this is it's more than a game it's got other shit you know what you can watch (laughs) you can watch a series you know you don't like you don't like movie in your game well you can get the game and then you can watch the movie (laughs) (laughs) that would be awesome but yeah man it's it's gonna be great there's tons of talent tons of resources and studios out here especially with the success of riot games with arcane on netflix i mean that's a outrageous animation style. I could see someone like Kojima working with some of the artists over there to perhaps bring something a bit more stylish and intriguing to market. I could 100% see some Death Stranding content. I could totally see a whole bunch of new stuff. I mean, the sky's the limit for Kojima. That that brain has a vast universe of, of content and creativity just itching to get out. So I'm going to be very interested in what comes from this new venture and you know one day hopefully get your boy involved <laughs> so you know keeping my options open i mean this is awesome like i said being in la that presents the opportunity to not only enjoy the things and you know have that hometown pride of that stuff coming out of here but to also be directly involved and i think that's pretty cool all right, well, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Should we, ju- should we just get right into it, A-Dove? Should we do it? <laughs> I only got a quick hit after it. Okay, yeah, same with me. I only have a quick hit. So, you know, shorter episodes. So let's let's just get right into the big story. Oh, uh, Sifu, the yes. game that we, we discussed last week, you know, we got the... We got the bump up, the rare bump up when it comes to a release date. Not a delay. Uh, but uh, what, what's the opposite of a delay? A contraction? <laughs> um, but we got, uh, that's a good question. I'm looking it up now. Delay antonym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. This dispatch 
promptness expedition an expedition <laughs> of the release uh an expedite yeah uh, they expedite the release we'll say um so yeah we learned that seafood gonna be coming out a little earlier you know get out of the way of um damn it and damn it uh horizon and that that souls game that i that is just Elden that ring Elden ring coming El ring. <laughs> uh, right so yeah coming a little earlier uh we also got a little combat overview aw and i discussed that as well last week got us you know a little more pumped for this game that hype train is in full effect and with that we also you know there was a playstation blog on sifu and they got into the whole aging process of the game which i will discuss shortly and off of the heels of that in an interview we learned that sifu will not have difficulty options at launch a dub they're gonna sell it back to us as dlc Uh. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'm i'm looking forward to the first developer that sells difficulty options (laughs) Oh, that would be awesome. I hope hey, you, I want you, you want your easy mode? Five bucks. <laughs> Five, <laughs> you want to walk through the game? You want to just bucks. blaze through it in a weekend? Five, <laughs> Five bucks. bucks. <laughs> yes. So let's get into the details of this A-Dub. Got a lot of reading coming out. So seafood producer Pierre Tarno has confirmed the game will not include difficulty options at launch. This coming straight from Pierre, the producer. We want Sifu to challenge players and encourage them to learn, improve, and adapt. The ability to rise up from death will help new players by allowing them to fail and try again multiple times when they face difficulty. But the price of mistakes will rapidly increase, and in order to fully complete the game, they will have to master the combat system. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in right there, A-Dub. So he's basically saying... I want people to play my game and get good at it. And that is why I am not putting it in difficulty options. So, you know, we know the reaction and we will get into the reaction, but just right there, based off of those quotes, they dub, like what are your thoughts on the game not having a difficulty? I think it's great. They're focusing on creating exactly the experience they want all of the gamers to have. And it's onto the individual players to rise to that challenge and overcome it. People will then be able to share their stories and their techniques of how they got through certain things and everyone will be able to relate to it on an even level instead of somebody, you know, blowing through it in a weekend on easy and, you know, talking about their experience versus somebody who plays it on the hardest difficulty and is trying to talk about their experience. Like there won't be any kind of gaps in communication or differences there. You're going to know that if somebody said something that, it went down and it was executed exactly the way that they're saying it is and exactly the way that you think it does. So I'm all for games that don't have difficulty options. It's less work for the developer to then have to balance their game in multiple states rather than just one. And it's like, that's the vision. That's what I enjoy most. It's not like play on this difficulty if you want the true experience and then play on this difficulty if you just want the story. Like Sifu is clearly trying to give you a very specific and tailored experience, at least insofar as giving you that combat, giving you that aging mechanic as you're defeated and requiring that you learn its mechanics. Like it wants you to be that badass. So if you're not down to become a badass or if you just want badassery handed to you, go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And so let's get right into it. A-Dub. So 
yeah, that PlayStation blog that got into the difficulty. The reason why I pulled that up was, um, you know, the immediate assumption when you hear a game is not going to provide difficulty options is hard, yep. very hard, <laughs> frustrating, a waste of my time. Not respecting <laughs> my time. People don't even say waste, waste time anymore. They say it doesn't respect my time. Yeah, um, and all that good stuff. And so, yeah, I, the reason why I pulled up that article because they really get into the, the whole aging mechanic and possibly why difficulty options isn't necessary in this game. So the first thing to discuss is this rise up from death um, option, which is in the game, when you're playing a game, you'll, you'll play it within, you'll play it in chapters is how, how it works. And in a chapter, as you die, you get the ability to rise up. And when you rise up, you'll age. I'll, I'll read all that. But basically, so that means you can die multiple times within one run of a chapter and you'll have the ability to adjust and all those things. So here's coming straight from the PlayStation blog. The ability to rise up from death will help new players by allowing them to fail and try again multiple times when they face difficulty. But the price of mistakes will rapidly increase. And in order to fully complete the game, they will have to master the combat system. Oh, I already read that, didn't I? Aging will make will make so you, important. <laughs> yeah. Aging will make you weaker, but it has slight impact on your abilities. As you get older, you will trade maximum health for offensive power which is what I love, A-Dub. It is basically saying you will literally get that grown man strength. Yes. So you'll, have, you'll have less health, but you'll come back stronger. So in other words, we call it that density. It's just, you know, that old dude who's just doesn't look like he's toned up, but is for some reason strong as shit. <laughs> and yeah, you'll, you'll probably snap him in half if you can connect. But you gotta connect. Yeah, like he can give you a good solid five minutes of combat. And then after that, he might, you know, he's gonna start fading a bit. But if he gets you with those shots in those first five minutes, it's it's a wrap. Uh let's keep it going. Along with the ability to rise up immediately when you fall, it might give you at first feeling uh at first a feeling of vulnerability, but this will not last. And the more you die, the faster you will age. This takes the form of a death counter. The first time you die, you will age by one year. The second time, you will age by two years. And the third by three, and so on and so forth. The only way to lower or reset that counter is available in shrines within the chapters or if you beat specific enemies such as chapter bosses. So basically complete the chapter and then the death count restarts. But here's the thing. Your age will not reset. Your age carries over you and over with you into the next chapter. There each time you complete a chapter of the game, it will create a saving point with the age you had when you finished it. Mm -hmm. You will be able to continue on to the next chapter or play it again and try to improve your performance. So basically what's, what it's saying is that, so say you die multiple times, you age a shitload, and you beat the chapter where you now have a saving point at the end of the thing, where you can now continue on to the next chapter, say slightly older, or you can go back, replay that chapter die a little bit less, and then you'll be younger next time you go into the other chapter. So if anything, you have two options to basically adjust and um, come out better. So within the chapter, you die and you can quickly make adjustments and you'll know what you're going up against and you come right back into the fight, beat that dude, and you move on. And then now you can also go back then and replay all that 
know what you're going up against, handle your business and be a little bit younger or just move on and slightly older. And they also said, and we'll see is this, if this is true when the game releases, but you can beat the game without dying at all, apparently. Yeah. So you have a flawless run. But knowing all that information on top of, you know, just this idea of not having an option of difficulty, um, how does this affect your opinion on people's reaction to the game just being straight up hard? No, it doesn't affect my opinion at all. Because first of all, none of, none of us or anyone has played it. So there not being difficulty options doesn't automatically equate to the game being hard. We don't know how hard it's going to be. It might be perfectly balanced where anybody at any skill level can find that, that right age where they have the proper balance of hit points and power that they're going to, they're going to handle business. And like people are already in comment sections trying to paint it as a one-sided thing where, oh, the game shouldn't get more difficult as you die, but it's not. Yes, your hit points are going down, which means that you can sustain fewer hits as you get older, but your power is going up, which means that you have to hit enemies fewer times in order to dispatch them. So the trade-off that I'm already seeing is that as your hit points go lower, it's encouraging you to learn how to defend yourself and to not take hits. And that's information and ability that you're going to be carrying with you through your entire experience with the game. So if you don't like that you got real old or you end up dying, you're going to go back and restart as a younger person at some point, but you're going to have all that knowledge and ability that you gain trying to be good as an older person. So you're going to be getting hit less while you have more hit points and while you have to hit enemies more and, and before you dispatch them as a younger person, you're still going to be getting hit less. So you're going to make it further into the game at a younger age. However, that's only for the people who endure the challenge enough to learn the mechanics to get that good. If you don't want to get good, you won't. <laughs> and then you're just, you're just never going to figure out the game. So the absence of difficulty options, all that's really going to do is weed out the people who are down for challenge versus those who aren't the people who are afraid of failure or be, having the mirror put up to themselves that maybe they aren't as good at games as they think they are, or the people who just want to play games to zone out and relax. It's like, yo, this isn't a zone out and relax game, at least not in, not in the way that you want to zone out and relax. Like if you just want to thoughtlessly run around the world, smashing everything one hit at a time, get a different game. These developers owe you nothing. <laughs> this is the experience they want to make. And by and large, I'm, I'm all for it. The more I hear about Sifu, the more I'm, I'm really getting intrigued by its mechanics because it's not every day that you get a melee combat game like this. We've had beat-em-ups in the, in the side-scrolling variety as long as gaming has been around, but we never had like that 3D kind of the raid redemption style or, you know, daredevil down a hallway style, that kind of combat experience, you know, bringing, bringing little hints of the Matrix Path and Neo in there, just giving us the combat systems that we deserve. So really liking this, really hoping to see something truly special come out when it's time for this game to hit shelves and looking forward to hearing people's reactions, the people that are playing the game and enjoying it, the rest of y'all quit your belly bitching and shut the hell up. But, you know, 
everybody's got something to say. Uh, and we got a few people with some words for that ass uh, in this rendition of Troll of the Week. 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 So today's Troll of the Week coming sideways seafood. That bullshit see through, but <laughs> oh, we ain't gonna deal with it. We just gonna let y'all get a little sample of the kind of nonsense people are spinning about this game. So, a lot of people are upset about the difficulty options, but they're also upset that the game is pretty much a roguelike. So let's see how that goes. First troll says roguelike. Well, that killed any interest I had in the game. Oh well, shrug. <laughs> Well, oh well, nothing nothing lost, nothing gained with your absence. Next show says, hope they're not going the From Software route and alienate players who can't be bothered slash ain't got time to get good. Well, it seems like they are. So if you can't be bothered with it or you ain't got the time because you're so important, even though you're dropping comments on a random video game website article, yeah, you can go get good at something else or don't get good at anything and just keep dicking around on your easy mode, thinking that you're enjoying yourself when you really ain't even pushing yourself. Next troll says, this went from interesting, maybe I'll buy it at launch, to, huh? I'll wait for reviews to work out how much of a sale to wait for within the space of a headline. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, we've seen this sentiment before where people are either day one or on a game or if they if there's some element or some aspect of it they don't like then they refuse to pay full price for it so sifu it's you're gonna have to take the chapter approach and that's actually pretty forgiving for a game like this where at least if you get to the next chapter you can keep playing that chapter until you get it right but at the same token it's got the death mechanic uh, you, you have an exponential decay as long as you keep getting defeated within the same chapter going from one to two to four to eight to 16 like is age is going to sneak up on you real quick it's got the trade-off between your health points as well as your overall power and technique so it's going to be very fun to see the different ages. That's something that's going to be interesting is seeing the different ages that people prefer. So uh, while you can beat the game at without aging at all, I'm sure there are going to be people like, yeah, I kind of like it right around 35. Yeah, 47 is about my mix. <laughs> what, what I want to see is like, if you hit like 80 and you're just like, that expert Jeez. that's a, a one punch like one punch man it's like like if you take one punch you'll go down but you're so strong that's just like you tap them they're down you tap them they're down <laughs> like <laughs> then, you get surrounded by five dudes and it's just yeah like like nobody can like basically you just can't get touched so your defense is just perfect and then you just tap them hit that pressure point done yeah oh man like what how short would a boss encounter be at those advanced stages? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the interesting part to me is I want to see what that power looks like when you hit like that, you know, that advanced age in the game. Um, yeah, but, like what's the oldest you can get in yeah. the game? What's like one year before death? <laughs> yeah, and they did say once you hit that point, there, it, there is permanent death. So if you get old enough, and you die then you got to restart 
And so that's, that's you're not going to come back at 105 years old. Yeah. And so that's like, it's, I almost enjoy that because it's, as you said, there's an illusion of invincible of invulnerability in that, Oh, I can just keep dying and I'm getting stronger. Just have a little less health. But then you realize like, Oh, I'm gonna need that health. And I could, I definitely am willing to sacrifice this strength to get some more health back. But who knows, maybe you get to the point where you're just a master of defense, where that doesn't mean anything anymore to you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next show is saying, truth be told, it's probably not for me then. I find very little satisfaction in overcoming a difficult challenge, maybe on a deep sail. I find very little satisfaction in overcoming a difficult challenge. How are you alive? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How how do you have a computer? Are you at the library? Like, what is going on here where you're going through your life without having any kind of challenges? And then let, let's even talk about life. So you mean to tell me that at every point in life where you were challenged to become a better person or, or just anything, just overcome any kind of adversity, you derive no satisfaction from that, having overcome that challenge? <laughs> or maybe they've just never overcome a challenge before. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I, everything in life handed to them. I mean, this this reminds me a lot about the people who say that they have no talent or that they they can't do things. Like um, a lot of people, man, I wish I could draw like that. I wish I could do this. It's like, well, why don't you take classes? Like, why don't you start? Oh, I'm not any good at it. I don't have any talent. It's like you're never going to get it or figure that out if you don't take that chance to suck for a while and then you're good. I mean, you saw me at the beginning of my journey to learning how to draw and teaching myself and all that. And my drawings were okay, but over time, looking back, you can see like, yeah, that was pretty terrible. Like all that, all that shit for those first three or four years is pretty terrible. But once I got to like that fifth year, I was like, wait a minute, now it's coming. Yeah, everything's coming together now. <laughs> but you got to be down for the process. You have to be down to get good. Things aren't just going to be handed to you. I mean, there's no easy mode on life other than being born wealthy, but you don't get to choose that. You don't get to go into a menu and choose your wealth level <laughs> to have an easier life. So uh, I just have no words. Next show says, LOL. Well, that fell fast quite quick. Good luck to the masochists. Enjoy your game. <laughs> we will. Thank you for your blessing. <laughs> Next show says, it's their game. They have the right to make it however they want. And I have the right to spend my money elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Taking my money to the next town. <laughs> to the next and, easy town. You know, it, as much as that's that's clearly an attempt to, you know, make a jab at the developer for not giving them the options that respect their time and allow them to play the game at all skill levels just for fun. It's it's also like one of those rare instances where a troll makes perfect sense. It's like, yeah, you have your right to take your money elsewhere. Go play something else. Go support the developers that are making the games that you like and that, you know, appeal to your interests and your preferences, because that's the only way that you're going to see more games in your van being made. Newsflash, fellas, all these games that don't have difficulty options, that have save features that you just can't quite wrap your head around, the people who like that stuff are buying that stuff 
playing the hell out of that stuff just the way it is. And that's why we're getting more and more and more of it. That's why developers are embracing those mechanics, are embracing those design choices, because there's money there. If you're the type of person who's, oh, I'm going to wait for a sale. Oh, I'm going to wait for it on PS Plus. That's why your games are getting made in fewer numbers and in less the structure that you most prefer. So if you like something, if you want something to be made a certain way, take your money and spend it on it. Because if you don't, then we're going to get what we want. Next troll says, I'll keep watch to see if difficulty options, options, I'll keep watch to see if difficulty options are added. As much as I like the premise of the game and its mechanics, I don't really want to potentially spend hours being stuck on one part of the game or even end up not being able to finish it. Get good and a mentality I subscribe to in single player games. This is potentially get stuck. <laughs> It's not even a guarantee you're going to get stuck with the potential yeah. because there's no difficulty option. <laughs> well, that was the same thing that happened with Returnal. It was, oh, the game doesn't have a traditional save feature. Oh, well, that means I'm going to have to beat it in one sitting. It's like, no, it doesn't. Just play the game and you'll see why it doesn't have a save feature. I'm not going to play the game until it does have a save feature because I don't want to waste my time. I Like, people take this information and they think they know what they're getting. They're not, they're not even taking a chance on the experience to see if the developer might, might know best or might know better than they do. They're just, Oh, it's not the way that I want it to be. So it's, that means it's exactly all the bad things that I think it is. Yeah. It's like, they're trying to educate the developer when the thing is that they've been coddled for so long that they've been that the developer literally has to spoon feed them progression so that they know like okay okay i'm getting i'm getting further in the game because like when yeah. they look at roguelikes it's they don't understand that like every time you die and the things you carry over are a form of progression mm-hmm. they look at it as like well i didn't i didn't get more story content and so uh that means i, I haven't progressed or i died so that means i'm not getting better at the game and it's like no no you'll see yeah. Three runs later, is yeah. your third run better than your first run? Odds are it is going to be the case. And mm-hmm. the more runs you do, you're going to be even better at the game. It's not like your 10th run is going to be the exact same as your first run. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's how they're literally viewing it. And then with the save features and all this stuff, it's not like you're preserving the magic run where everything happens. It's not like, oh, the third run was going to be the one where I finished the game in one sitting. No, son, the the third one was probably going to be one where you got further and probably learned something else. And then you go back on your fourth run and it's probably going to be super short anyway. Like you're not, I don't understand what people think they're getting from like the saving and everything. In games like this, the idea is that you are supposed to hit that brick wall and die so that you can take things that you've gathered, things you've learned back to the beginning and have a much better start at the outset that then you'll be stronger and more capable when you reach the point where you last died and then go further. With Returnal, like with the whole save scumming thing, I think we talked about this a few times, but the... I was able to finally put it in words when I was talking to somebody online. It's like with the save scumming, it's usually people who are 
who don't want to have to make the run all the way back to a boss just to die again. They just want to keep restarting at that boss until they finally beat it. But with the way these games work, it's like, if you had done the run again, you'd have unlocked weapon traits. You'd have unlocked new items. You'd have gotten, uh, a, you'd have gotten different drops that would have given you a different synergy that may have been more compatible with your play style. You'd have gotten more permanent currency that would have allowed you to unlock some other things. You'd have, you'd have found a different weapon that's probably closer to your play style. And it's, but if you're just save scumming at that boss, you aren't getting more stuff. You aren't getting better at the game. You aren't getting more powerful versions of the stuff that's already in the game. You're not, you're not getting anything. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, you're just, you're crystallizing and memorializing a failure and you're trying to beat the boss in the weakest state possible. So if the idea is that a save feature would make the game easier it's being utilized in a way that makes the game harder and more time consuming. So it's, it's kind of funny watching people complain about a game, not respecting their time and not giving them this feature, use it in a way that completely wastes their time and makes the game more difficult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's completely antithetical to what they're going for, but whatever, this is about Sifu. Let's hit y'all with this last troll. I have a terrible feeling about this game. Really hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Like what is what kind of comment is that? I mean, obviously, coming into an article about the game having no difficulty options, uh, an article about the game taking away your hit points and making you stronger as you get older. I have a terrible feeling about this game. It's like, yeah, it's gonna be terribly good. That's where my money is, mm -hmm. and I'm very excited for it. Honestly, with the explanation of the the aging and death mechanics, it puts me closer to the day one camp, you know, knowing that this game isn't going to be very long anyway. It's coming out a week before Forbidden West. Uh, knowing how I get down with these style of games and knowing that I'm probably going to be highly energized with a melee combat-driven martial arts game of this nature, I probably could put it down in the week before Horizon. So I'm, I'm inching a little bit closer to the day one camp with AMC. AMC, how do you feel about all these trolls and all this bullshit? Yeah, it's a, it's a sad state. <laughs> of, it's a sad state to knowing, knowing that just it confirms everything that I thought. People don't want any difficulty. They don't want to adapt. They don't want to get better. They don't want to learn how to play the game. They just mm -hmm. want the game they just want to experience the game but they don't want to understand anything about the game everything that's going on under the hood that's interacting with you that's training you to get better like i always love like the first time i saw a breakdown of the first level of mario and it's like everything in this first level of mario is teaching you about how to play the rest of the game and people could just sleepwalk through that concept and just like i played mario and i was just naturally good at it and it's like no there's a lot that goes into setting up the game for the player to do better and they just completely overlook all those aspects that the developer is doing for them to you know benefit them for their experience in the game so yeah that that part is sad um and the only Good takeaway that I can say as far as the people who are saying that they're not going to get this game now, that they're reading all this is kind of good riddance. 
that was my personal feeling when it came to Returnal. It seemed like people were starving for a Sony exclusive. Returnal came out. They were like, fuck it. I'm buying this game. And then they were like, oh, this is not what I expected at all. And, you know, bringing these like fair weather roguelike fans who clearly seem to hate roguelikes, but are just buying anything to play yeah. anything because they're just like, why? Well, I, I want I want a game that's a fighter or I want Returnal because it is a Sony exclusive. Um, weeding those people out, if anything, it then allows the developer to focus on the core community in the in the the issues or the way to benefit you know their experience as opposed to how can we experience how can we create a better experience for the casual fan um and so yeah weeding out those casual fans will then allow them to cater the game more to you know the supporters the hardcore community and so if anything that is a good takeaway from hearing that there are people who are like, I'm not going to buy this game now. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to observe a little more, but have you noticed that it's the people who prefer challenging games, games without uh, difficulty options, the people who prefer roguelikes that generally don't complain about stuff? Yeah, <laughs> I would I'd totally say that. <laughs> do you think do you think the industry also maybe keying in on that? It's like, man, all this negativity. How can we how can we get all this negativity off of us? Like, hey, well, it looks like all these from software games are successful. They have a very like they have a very passionate fan base that seems to love their games, and all the negativity is coming from the outside from people. Who don't want to play it because they don't have a they don't have difficulty options hmm interesting and now we're seeing more games with no difficulty options and we're seeing this large group of people on the outside complaining that they won't be able to play it because it's not easy but then the people who do play it generally either like it if they don't like it they explain it in a very reasoned manner and they move on but you don't see you don't see people within roguelike communities or within the souls community playing these games saying like the game is trash i hate it <laughs> you don't see that yeah i would say if anything it's kind of a testament to the financial success of these roguelikes is that despite all these people who are complaining who say that they hate roguelikes say they're done with roguelikes so they, they need to change the, the format of how they work in order to appeal to a broader audience and seeing that the developers are not actually adapting to that or at least they're, they're choosing to not focus on that criticism and to focus more on the positive criticism mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to Rolex. I think that is a sign that that these games are doing well enough that they don't have to cater to that broader audience. Like if this were say like a Star Wars game or anything along those lines, they, there would be a ton of hit pieces, articles after articles, you know, letters to shareholders and things along mm -hmm. those lines and reactions and uh, on Wall Street based on consumer sentiment uh, sentiment towards their uh, towards a product but we're not seeing any of that and so so it shows that financially these games seem to be doing well enough that one sony you know they bought housemark that like every other developer seems to have a roguelike in development at least when it comes to like indie developers and things along those lines there's a ton of those games they're even like just implementing more of those style of mechanics into games as i mentioned with eastward and their mini game within the game that's a roguelike mm -hmm. um and so yeah i if anything i i could i see it as the developers are as i as 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 you were alluding to they are ignoring these people 
because they are doing well enough without them. And so these people are either going to have to adjust or they're just going to have to play their kitty games and, you know, complain on the sideline. Yeah, it's so interesting that there might just be a couple of core design choices a developer can make that will naturally filter out negativity. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I'm all about it. Well, AMC, we got another topic of the week. Top, topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. What you got, Ada? Oh, did we? Okay, here we go. Last one. I think it's just worthy of note and worthy of praise that especially with this discussion about seafood, difficulty options, saving uh, the souls, the soul solid gains from software that we should note that Dark Souls has been crowned the ultimate game of all time at Golden Joystick Awards. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So uh, in case you guys don't know, the Golden Joystick Awards, also known as the People's Games Awards, these are chosen by the people and the people have spoken. Dark Souls is crowned the ultimate game of all time. Uh, The blurb here from Ben Tyre over at Games Radar says that at the culmination of this year's Golden Joystick Awards, it was revealed that From Software's legendary odyssey into the depths of Lordran has earned the title of ultimate game of all time. It beat out several other major classics, including Half-Life 2, Street Fighter 2, and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So, yeah, there were plenty of options there to take it down. There were plenty of people available I'm sure folks have their thoughts and feelings about difficulty, about Souls games in general, about Dark Souls specifically, and it's still one. So, you know, it's when you say that, oh, these games will sell more, they'd be more popular, they'd be more accessible, you know, that's countered when it's already decided that Dark Souls, one of the most influential games of the past decade, now ultimate game, of all time like it's it I'm, I'm sorry fellas you're not gonna win this war so the people have spoken the dollars have been counted you're gonna have to take your loss you're gonna have to either get good or get gone amc how do you feel i think it's absolutely awesome to see a game that's as you know as genre defining as dark souls get its due um i know people love it there's been a lot of i almost feel like that even when dark souls came out i feel like the debate wasn't really there as it is now and i'm not sure like i'm not sure where that stemmed from maybe it was uh i don't know if it was sekiro came out and people were like i want to play sekiro and then they're like ah i can't play sekiro (laughs) (laughs) but i hate the combat system yeah the tide turned like somewhere and i mean like obviously we brought it up with um it was a doom not Doom, Wolfenstein 2 uh, in that game and people talking about like how, you know, people just died too easily and they had to turn it down and blah, 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 blah things along those lines. I had to play on easy to play through Wolfenstein 2. And yeah, it carried over into Dark Souls and things along those lines. So it's it's been a more recent debate, but you can't deny the impact of those games, what they've done. You can only focus, people want to focus on one aspect of those games, but as we always point out, there's so much more to these games than the one thing that you latch onto and try to use that to criticize every other part of the game. And so because of that, yeah, it's uh, every game has learned something from these style of games. And the fact that these games 
these Souls games, Sekiro's, the Borans, that they continue to evolve and then people take note and they implement those mechanics into their games. Uh, it, it had to be acknowledged and I'm glad somebody was willing to put their neck on the line <laughs> and acknowledge Dark Souls for the greatness that it is. I mean, Indeed. I don't have much more to say, but I'm happy to see that another plaque on the on the shelves for them. Hanging pictures on the wall. It's outstanding. Very deserving. Looking forward to even more Souls-like games. Looking forward to Elden Ring. Hopefully we get some Armored Core from software. It's time. It's time. And yeah, man. Just... Yeah, Dark Souls has definitely changed the whole gaming sphere for the better, for good. And yeah, man, it, it's going to be nice seeing the industry stand on that pillar going forward. It's going to be awesome. Uh, here's my quick hit, A-Dub. Dead Cells got an update. The yes, game that did. you you love ever so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the update is called "Everyone Is Here," and by everyone they mean everybody that you love because they showed the uh, the preview picture just shows all your favorite characters from games that you played, and not just roguelikes, vanias, things along those lines. Um, and so, yeah, they went in. I'm going to walk through each of the uh, the characters, but basically. Weapons, skills, and skins from Hollow Knight, Blasphemous, Hyperlight Drifter, Guacamelee, Skull, and Curse, and, and Curse of the Dead Gods have all been implemented into this update for Dead Cells. So I'll read a few of them, games that I'm familiar with at least. Hollow Knight, the pure nail attack is an upward and downward attacking downward will airborne attacking downward while airborne causes you to bounce on your enemies. And as you see, he is slicing down and just bouncing off of motherfuckers. Hyperlight Drifter, Hyperlight, the Hyperlight Gun marks its targets while also dealing damage. The sword deals critical damage to the marked targets, increasing with the number of gun marks on the target. Guacamelee, you can channel your chicken spirit with the Poyo power something that I ever so loved in that game, turning into a chicken for a few seconds while firing several explosive eggs around you. Uh, I absolutely love Guacamelee, and I'm happy that they are bringing this in there. And we'll do Curse of the Dead Gods slash twice with a machete. A machete. The third attack uses the pistol to bump and inflict critical damage to nearby enemies. Holding the attack button charges a slow and powerful ranged attack. There we go. Yes, uh, and I'll skip the other ones. What about Hyperlight Drifter? In uh, that one, you get a you get a Hyperlight gun that marks the targets, and then yes. you get to take them all down. What about Blasphemous? Blasphemous. Let's see what we got from Blasphemous. Blasphemous. You get you get to crush the face flask on your forehead, dealing low damage to yourself and transforming thirty five percent of your missing health into recovery. And so, in the preview picture, it shows him all of a sudden explode and then all of this health flies off of the character and i guess you can then so you receive a little damage but then all that health that flies off of you you can then go and collect and basically recover some health <laughs> so it's a uh, give little to get a lot i guess is how you can look at that um yeah and then there's one other one but lost my place Zay Dub, what do you think about this? A little crossover action in Hollow and not Hollow Knight and in Dead Cells and some of your favorite games that you played in the past. I mean, it's outstanding. One of one of the best indie games to come along in the past few years just continues to get better, continues to keep on giving. I, I paid for the premium expansion. I think they've only had one 
everything else has been free. Motion Twin is an outstanding developer. Dead Cells is an outstanding work of theirs. I believe I have like their their art book or it's like an art book or it's a design it's a design book behind Dead Cells, and I look forward to reading that. It takes you through the early iterations of the game into what it eventually became that we enjoy today. Looking forward to playing that. Actually, with you saying all the different all the different properties that they've infused their game with content from, I definitely, after this show, going to be firing up Dead Cells just to at least get the update and have it. And then I might just continue playing some Eternal. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Dead Cells, it, it's, it's definitely one of those games that, you know, once in a blue moon, I'll fire it back up, start running through some levels, see if I can get, get, me, get me a combination of, of equipment that carries me a little further than I'm used to, see if I can get to the, the challenge rooms or, you know, get to the, the end of the level within the time limit to get the extra room or get like the what is it, the certain number of kills without, get the, get the kill streak without getting hit, try to get that. So yeah, man, Dead Cells is awesome. Looking forward to hearing what you think about it when you get to play it, especially knowing that it's a much different game for you now than it was for <laughs> me when I went through it. So it's gonna be interesting to, like when you just talk about something that's like, wait, that wasn't in the game when I played it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be, going on enemies, gonna, be a, gonna be a chicken. <laughs> Chicken, yeah, get that absolutely. pollo power. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely great. Um, yeah, I can't wait. It's awesome. The game looks incredible. I was just looking at gifts of the different abilities, and the game just already looks awesome. But then throw that on top of it, uh, and I, I'm just I'm loving that more and more developers or I guess publishers are just sharing their properties, like just like that cross promotion, but also just being friendly and being like yeah sure you can you can use fucking mark guacamole dude or our holla holla night mm-hmm. um yeah we'll just add that shit into your game and it's nice to see that also to see it in that roguelike genre because i feel like i feel like roguelikes if any game of of any of the genres is always um paying homage to like older games in some type of way it's great again like, and just in some of the buffs you'll see in certain games like no just straight up like say like from this like not from this game but a name that is clearly in line with like say Sonic or something along those lines. And so I love that roguelikes are killing the game, even though people are complaining that they're hard and repetitive and all that bullshit. Uh, speaking of another game that's hard and apparently repetitive, but now we have a release date because we learned a dub. This is my final quick hit that 12 minutes is coming to PlayStation and the switch consoles on December 7th. So you can, I'm looking forward to playing that game. That is the game where Basically, you wake up and you're in that same loop. And every time you're trying to figure out, I guess, what happened. And um, that's all you really know about the game. And you have 12 minutes to figure it out before the loop starts all over again. And you have that information from the previous loop. So um, looking forward to that. I believe it's the Annapurna game. It's been on Xbox. And now it is finally making its way over to PlayStation and Switch. So I'll probably be picking that up somewhere down the line. That is my last quick hit, A-Dub. You have anything else before we get out of here? I ain't got nothing else except this thread where somebody's trying to say Family Guy was never funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I love how every now and then after like the hype for something has died down, there's always that one revisionist coming by like, eh, well, it was never really funny. Like, no, it 
it kind of was. Yeah. In fact, it, it was so funny that after it went off the air, consumers demanded it come back on the air, and it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so, shit. Family Guy's awesome. Seth MacFarlane, thank you for your, your hard work there and everyone else who was involved with bringing Family Guy to life. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. This is Taylor. We are Control Thanks for the